So parenting is political. Uh, I'm Mo. My pronouns are they, them. And I'm Jasmine. My pronouns are she, her. And this is our podcast about parenting and stuff. And we've had a couple episodes come out semi-recently, but we're still recording. Yeah, because we do this for fun and Mm -hmm. free time, and we don't make um, our living off of it. Exactly. Um, And so you motherfuckers can wait until we have enough time to do a new episode. (laughs) And that's the tagline of the show. (laughs) You motherfuckers can wait until we have more time to do episodes. (laughs) We're really great at marketing. Um, I am actually very good at marketing. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah, so we've been gone for a while, and we decided to come back and give um, some insight and guidance, maybe, for the folks who would find it useful on why we've been gone outside of just, like, normal life stuff Mm -hmm. and what has been unfolding as we have been absent. Um, So much about this podcast has been a complete experiment of just telling our story, truth-telling, um, being visible, Mm -hmm. um, when we're on, you know, as we're on our path and journey, life. And so the subject of this episode is about, um, modeling and living into responsibility and accountability whenever you've made mistakes. Oh. Whenever you firmly had like a firmly held belief Okay. So much so that you lived your life in a certain way and then you get some new information or something happens. There's this um, intersecting moment that helps you realize, what the fuck? What was I doing? What the fuck was I doing? Why did I say that? And there are episodes on this very podcast and on our Instagram and all the places we promote parenting is political uh-huh. where we said and did some really fucking stupid shit. Yeah. Cause we, we believed it was true because we believed it was true. So yeah, I mean like, and so we, as we always have, yeah, want to model and be authentic, congruent, vulnerable, whatever adjective you want to use there. Yeah. Um, to show that when you have done something, when you have a platform or when you have some sort of like level of influence over others, which I think that we do, I think we've influenced mm-hmm. a lot of people. We get emails, we have people who realize who we are in certain spaces and go, oh shit, like your podcast actually has helped me as a parent, which means that you got to go back mm-hmm. whenever you realize like, oh, I learned something and what I was saying is it needs a little bit more complexity, a little bit more nuance, or it just needs to be completely filed away and shit you should not say or do <laughs> or believe. Um, you have a responsibility to go back. Yeah. Um, and that's not, we don't often see that modeled, I don't think, in today's culture. And so... People usually double down. Yeah, they do. Which is incentivized because it's not popular or cool to be a real human. you got to be sort of like this ar- archetype or projection of yeah. whatever the thing is. Um, and there's a lot at stake. Uh, we live in a very carceral society that's really... Yeah, goodness. Super centered on oppression and domination. And so mistakes begin to look like moral failings and character flaws of like who you are as a human being rather than just the, tr- the reality of what they are, which is just being fallible. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, it got to the point where I was afraid to do podcast episodes because I was afraid I would say something that was incorrect and then we would be canceled and drugged through the dirts of the internet. Like, yeah, well, that's that's how intense the, uh, yeah, like the punishment is for people who have done something wrong. And so then, of course, you want to double down, right? You want to stand your ground and all that stuff, but. We're not going to do that. Mm-mm. And and even beyond that, regardless of if you have a platform or not, what makes us people of integrity and people who are in alignment with our personal and partnership and family principles is that even when no one's listening mm-hmm. or even when no one's looking, um, striving to act in alignment with our integrity and principles and be responsible, which means, you know acting cooperatively and responsibly yeah even whenever it's fucking embarrassing (laughs) so that's a great segue i mean that's a great segue he's like what what's the impetus for why you wanted to do a podcast episode because i was like what do you want to talk about what do you yeah we can record (laughs) why are you bringing this up what are some things that you feel like you're like okay i don't actually want that to be on record anymore let's go revisit that (laughs) Well, it's going to be on record, and I think it's important for the things that we say and the errors we make to be on record mm-hmm. as much as, like, as long as it's not causing us irreparable damage because some people are vile monsters that love to, to harm us. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important to be like, oh, yeah, that was an error that was made. Um, that was a thing I believed that I needed to change. Um, but really, what we, the season we've been in, is that you have been, well, tell, tell the good people what's been going on with your experience Yeah, well, I've been having, like, a deconstruction moment (laughs) Um, where, uh, for those who have not listened to any other episodes or don't know anything about my story, I was raised as a fundamentalist evangelical Christian in uh, the Bible Belt of America. And for the longest time, I was just like, yeah, I was raised a Christian, whatever, and kind of blew it off. Um, I'm just not realizing in my 30s that evangelicalism is extremely extremely harmful and it is a what cult experts um the phrase they use is a authoritarian it's a high controlled a high control authoritarian cult Mm -hmm. and so i know it's from the get-go i just want to say that i know that there are people who identify as christians who are not going to fall under these categories and Okay, let's just name that from the beginning. If you're it's one of so those people... Annoying. Okay, side, <laughs> side, sidebar. Let me sidebar really hard. We have been in spaces as, like, even recently... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> talking about it. Atlas. Dinner, yeah. <laughs> um, where we're out with people that we just met or we barely know, and Mo is vulnerable and says, yeah, I was raised in a Christian cult. I went to evangelical church. And, like, starts this whole, like, process of being open. And the people who say that they're also evangelical Christians are so, like, have their heads so far up their ass <laughs> that they sidebar whatever you're saying. They stop correct, you, correct. like I just fucking did. Yeah. And they go, oh, well, not all evangelical Christians are like that. Sure. And I'm a Christian, and I don't believe that, so... You might not be an ev- evangelical, then. So you need to stop calling it evangelical. You just need to say you are in, like, a fundamentalist cult. That's or you see. just need to say you're in a... what. And I'm just yeah. like... And I just don't really have time for those word games anymore, because that's one of the things that fundamentalist evangelical Christians love to do. They love to play semantics and well this is you said this the wrong way and so here i'm going to invalidate everything that you just said because you said one wrong thing or or whatever it is but 
So, and this is something that I'll say later, and then you can finish your story about being in the cold. <laughs> That's such a bananas yeah. phrase to say. Is that, like, all phenomena mm-hmm. um, that involve groups of people, um, movements of people, any kind of, like, collective where an identity is being shared, you're going to have a spectrum, right? You're going to have the people who are on the borders that are absorbing part of the cultural mandates of the um, normative behavior experience. They share a little bit of language. They share a little bit of cultural and ceremony and different whatever rituals and practices that are used as social controls to create cohesion. And then you're going to, and from that outward fringe, you can get into a deep core center of the people who are the most authoritarian, like the closer you get to the power center of that, uh, like that movement or that group of people that are engaging in um, negative group bonds is what it's called. Um, that's, that's creating the cult authoritarian cult culture. Mm-hmm. The closer you get to the center of power, the more extreme it gets. Correct. But just because you're not at the, center of it doesn't mean that you're not a part of a movement that is being driven by a cult yeah and if you want to be a part of that movement and you want to say that you're on the borders of it and on the fringe then you need you need to be accountable for some shit that's going down in that religion or whatever group you need to understand that your participation in it makes the power center powerful yeah Yeah. and so let's just say if that's a really helpful i think framing because if we're going to talk about how i was raised i was at the center yeah, I wasn't were, on yeah. the edge. I was in the middle. I was born into a fundamentalist, conservative, evangelical Christian family. I went to church every time the doors were open. I went to a school that was started by that church all the other days that I wasn't in church. I had all, all of my friends were in church. I only listened to the Christian music that was approved. I only read the books that were approved. I only did the things that were approved of by this standard of high control religious yeah. dogma or whatever you want to call it. So it wasn't like I was preferably a part of something. I was deeply, deeply ingrained in it. And so I've been learning how much of an impact that has had on me outside of just the big obvious ones, right? Like, yeah. obviously Christians are going to like, there's like things that are involved with like the shame around sexuality or like, obviously a lot of folks have been raised to think that like drinking and drugs are bad. And like, those are like the obvious ones. Sure. I've been unlearning those for a minute, but I'm talking about like day to day, moment to moment programming, programming that is so deeply entrenched in indoctrination. Yeah. That I'm just like, I feel like I'm just tearing out roots that it feels way overdue. And I think it's really important to make clear that, um, this was it's not just like okay you went to church every time the doors were open there are a lot of people who are at the gym every single day right but it doesn't make it a cult right like you'd be attendance whatever it's about like a very specific type of social programming that began very early in your life Mm -hmm. to the point that um your everything about your world the like the insular component was set up in opposition of what the people that were raising you and the church and the community that you were part of would have called like the secular world and that everything on the outside of that bubble that was being constructed, even down to like going to doctors who didn't attend your church or financially didn't support the church, um, was considered a no go. Yeah. Everything. And so, and so, you know, a lot of the folks that, 
come from these sort of traditions can look over at Islam and be like, oh, your kids are not allowed to play with anyone else who's not, uh, you know, a, a conservative Islamic person or they only shop at each other's stores and go, oh, well, that's crazy. But then we have an entire cities and towns that are like that with evangelical Christianity. With, yes, exactly. And it's also important to to add as well is that th- that sect of Christian quote-unquote tradition was actually designed purposely to be a political movement to transform the United States mm-hmm. um, at a certain point in history. Mm-hmm. And that there are ancient medieval and other forms of Christianity that over the years with each era of social change sort of was manipulated sure (laughs) for for certain historical purposes shout out to Constantine man (laughs) he's the original (laughs) he's the original cannibalizer of the Uh state to use state power yeah um but particularly this brand is what we're talking about we're talking about the one that's happening inside of neoliberalism yeah and and it is rampant, y'all. It is everywhere. It is un. It's it's Marjorie recognizable. Taylor yeah. Green is. It's like, unavoidable, honestly. And uh, so I think it's important now more than ever to firmly and strongly say that I believe that it's a cult. I yeah. believe that it's harmful. There are scientists out there and researchers who are who are devoting themselves to understanding the impacts of religious trauma, and the studies so far that they have found is that it is very akin to PTSD in the way that it shows up in your body and then your physical ailments and things like that to help you cope with it. But it's a serious thing. And I want, and I want people to take it seriously. I don't want it to be brushed aside as like a snowflake ouch. Right. Like it's, isn't just like a, Oh, I got my feelings hurt by the church because I wasn't accepted. It's like, no, this is, this is bigger than me. This is, this is impacting thousands within my generation and the generation before me, I think. So that's what I've been learning. And, you know, to segue off of that, I think I, I, you know, I know I left that cult and I immediately went to the opposite end of it where I started consuming this like social justice internet kind of like, I'm going to adopt this new identity as this horrible white person who should just give everything away and only listen to black people, black people on what they're saying on the internet is always right. And it became this new form of dogma where on this podcast, since we're talking about being accountable and things that we've said on our page and stuff like that have come from a place where it was the opposite side of that same coin where now I'm going to assume this identity of somebody who's like always bad and wrong because I'm white and there's nothing. Yeah. And the new, and the new God, the new God for you became black lives matter movement, Mm -hmm. movement for black lives, Mm -hmm. the black influencers that are a part of that. And it became, I have to prostrate my sinful white self before you Uh and I have to atone constantly. Yeah. I have to shame and harm myself. Yeah. I replaced my pastors with Instagram influencers for black lives matter. Like they were giving me my sermons now and I was doing what they told me to do, Mm -hmm. but I was still just almost like mindlessly following the same thing on the different Mm -hmm. side. And so now my current, what I'm currently trying to do is just break free from all that fucking shit and figure out who am I? I was born somebody and before, and before I got indoctrinated with all this crazy stuff from evangelicalism, there was somebody there. And so I'm trying to figure out who that was outside of 
what's politically correct outside of whatever Instagram tells me I should be outside of what the church tells me I should be, who am I and how do I want to be in this life? So Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's a good way to catch up to where we're at. Um, well, what, with what at, I'm at, yeah. but I'm going to pass you, it back to you. When you were saying that, when you were like, you know, oh, before I was indoctrinated, getting back to who I was, my cartoon brain was just like watching layers peel back. And then this like very ethereal music and it's very golden. Yeah. And the light is so like bl- blinding white. And then when it becomes clear, you're just who you are at your core is just this cute bagel spinning bagel <laughs> just sounds like my fucking ketamine dreams dude <laughs> you're just a, you're just a goddamn bagel. yeah shout out to ketamine by the way um so my process has been similar um i started doing real world organizing at a very young age um you know obviously it's, if you are not new to this podcast you know that i have a pretty traumatic um history and I have a diagnosis of complex post-traumatic stress disorder because of um, all the things that I've experienced over the course of my life. Um, But really, unlike Mo, I wasn't born into a high control authoritarian cult. I slowly got integrated into one at Mm -hmm. an intersection of my life where I was really unmoored. I was... Unmoored? Yeah. What does that mean? You know, like, whenever, like, a boat is sort of, like, you know, you don't have your scaffolding, scaffolding, um, you're unanchored. I got you. Um, So I was going through my divorce with my ex-husband, who had been sexually and domestically violent to me and our children. It was very public, um, and... It was incredibly traumatizing. And, of course, there's some overlap layers of the evangelical church and its influence in my life. But I was not, like, I started into the evangelical church whenever I was, like, 13, 14 years old. Because they, like, had free pizza. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So they took advantage of the working class poor. Uh Let's um, talk about, well, that's a different (laughs) episode. Um, But really, my most recent experience of getting into sort of this, um, what Clementine um, and their partner, Jay. Jay, call the nexus, which I don't necessarily love that, but it also kind of makes sense. But just sort of like this constellation of social justice movement culture that neoliberal capitalism, racial capitalism has turned into, turned social justice and social change work into this like really vile creature um, was really, you know, it was twenty. 12, 2013, 2014. Um, and the trauma was coming out about our, our children being sexually assaulted by their um, father, ex, well, ex-father, um, Garrett Brown. If you ever see him, stay away from him. He mm-hmm. is an unrepentant uh, sociopath. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, and really being ushered into a movement that gave me and, of course, this was not operational. No, it wasn't right? like we were choosing to do these it, things. This we was were, not operational. Yeah. Um, we did make we did the choice, choices, yeah. but it wasn't, like, at the front of our consciousness of, of, of how these things were operating. Correct. But it gave me the moral outrage of social media mm-hmm. and how social media made it so easy to see violence, police, you know, brutality and murder. In particular, yeah. In particular, um, 
you know, women suffering because of medical issues and mental health. Um, you know, all of these big names, celebrities and politicians engaging in all kinds of extreme violence against children and women, patriarchal, sexual, physical violence. Um, it helped me channel, like it called to those wounded places in me from my childhood, as well as what I was dealing with in the moment. And in a moment, whenever, you know, I was fighting the state to prosecute Garrett, whenever I was trying to deal with the, the awful realization that like my three-year-old daughter had been raped by this man that I loved and cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I had actually probably also been because like, you know, familial violence, like the kind that Garrett Brown enacted upon me and his, you know, three biological children doesn't happen as a singular moment or vacuum. Right. Sort of like waking up to like what I had been living with for years. The movements that were politicizing me helped me feel powerful Mm -hmm. when the social structures that the state should have been providing, that my community should have been providing failed to answer my need for belonging and care and healing and instead, they offered me belonging and care and, and you know, what they claimed was healing, but really out of the place of all of our woundedness, out of the place of all of our terror at what the state can do, mm-hmm. um, terror at what the state of how we can be toward one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it mobilized me and I became a true believer of, you know, the multiple movements that were overlapping in that time. And my world became about it, right? Like how I lived my life. Um, it influenced the clothes that I chose to wear. It influenced the language. The language. Um, it influenced the friends that I had. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It influenced where I wanted to go spend my money or spend my time. Yeah. It influenced how I wanted to raise my children. And so social movements, even if they're rooted in secular society, if they're built and constructed in certain ways, Mm -hmm. they mirror the same pernicious religious movements that build up cult power. Yeah, and there's a good... uh, If you want to hear more about this particular thing, I just actually listened to a podcast episode on... It's a little bit culty. Of somebody who was sharing a very similar story. Right. So, yeah, so I'll, I'll go ahead and put that episode in the show notes so people can listen to it if they want. But you were saying yeah. it was influencing right. so much about what you were thinking and doing and, so and unlike, raising the kids. Unlike um, authoritarian or, you know, pernicious cults, high-control cults, um, movements that end up becoming authoritarian, high-control, and have centers of negative group bonds at the core of their leadership don't necessarily start out from the beginning with the point of like, oh, we're going to create a cult. No. Um, it's a, and, and I don't, you know, I, there are experts like Dr. Steve Hassan, who I've mentioned on this podcast before and shared his work um, mm-hmm. that I know through my political work um, and my day job. I think he may have more expertise and opinion on this, but I don't, I'm not sitting here saying that the, the movements that I have been very publicly involved with started out with the intention 
you know, they were going to control and manipulate hundreds and millions of people. I don't think that, I don't believe that to be true at this time. Right. I think there's, there um, are some that but, maybe do, but, but I don't think those are it. Yeah, there are some that definitely do. Um, but there are people within the movement places where I was involved in that have figured out a way to concentrate power, to build a small cadre of folks. And um, unfortunately, the, what they purport to be about and is um, not in alignment with what the broader sort of like slogans and marketing statements are and everything else, right? And so there's an incongruence and there's a thing that's happened in several movement spaces that I've been a part of where a small group of people are actually controlling a vast majority of the resources. And if you become targeted by those people or you step out of line or you make mistakes or you do anything that's not... Um, you know, affirming and underscoring those people's control, then you experience a cancellation or worse. Yeah. I would um, say cancellation is like a soft word for what happens because it's not just been you. I think that's also important to know. It yeah, wasn't yeah. just like and they these, single you out. It's happened no, no, for no. And these dozens gr- and these, of And these gr- groups of people who have bits of power, whether it's because they of their social media platform or because they have captured quite a bit of influence and power and resources as a part of like working inside these movements – utilize their positional power Mm -hmm. um, and their small group influence to target and harass, you know, dozens of folks. Dozens of folks have gone through this where they've been falsely accused of things where normative human conflict and interpersonal conflict gets characterized as abuse, predation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I've had those titles and adjectives attached to me by people who have never met me mm-hmm. but are a part of these movements yeah um and you know just like the evangelical christians when mo brings it up says well oh you must not be talking about my church or real evangelical christianity i'm sure there are people right now listening to me and they're like come on jasmine like i've been a part of blank movement and I've never seen that happen or that's not happened to me. And that's what we're trying to say here is that both of us had very separate experiences where we slowly and slowly got deeper integrated into the power centers closest to certain architects in churches and movements. Um, and, and again, going back and underscoring that Mo was a part of a political movement that called itself a church. Right, right. Right. And then there are religious people in political movements that I've been a part of that call themselves a political movement, but they're actually just like zealots. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just to name a couple more resources here, and again, these will be in the show notes. Sarah Schulman's book, Conflict Is Not Abuse, is a great, great thing to plug in here if y'all yeah. want to read that. And then if you want to learn more about how Christianity, evangelicalism has been a political movement, you can read The Family. It's yeah. a book, which they actually made into a documentary on Netflix. Yeah. Um, so, anyway. You know, so I have been, Mo's been deconstructing and right. I have been deprogramming from being deeply entrenched in this social media informed, nonprofit industrial complex informed social justice culture that I believed was me being a part of movements to actually transform the world. And right. it, there's some transformation happening, but it's not necessarily world making life giving Mm -hmm. (laughs) to say the least Mm -hmm. so much so that, you know, 
I look back and I think, oh, I, Mo, as Mo talks about their deconstruction process and shares with me little insights around like phrases and words that they would say that only people from their church would even know what that meant. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, oh shit. That's like me talking to some like random black person here at Walmart in Arkansas and talking about like, you know, she's safe, we safe. And like, that's a slogan that was developed by movement for black lives. And I was like so deep in it that it was just like, Oh, normal people on the street talk like this. And no, they fucking don't. No. Yeah. No, they don't. They don't. They don't. And regular ass black Arkansans aren't going to know that are not a part of the nonprofit in this industry. Or they don't do quote unquote social justice work as their careers. Mm-hmm. Don't speak to each other. <laughs> no, no. My black ass family in California are like, bitch, what, what are, the you fuck are you saying right now? Yeah. And it's like I'm coming back. They're like, we're glad you're back, Jazz. Like that was some weird shit you were into. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I have those same moments where I will, like you said, say something and then be like. You know, and you're like, no, I've literally never heard that before. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. I'm like, oh, so in your school, and your education, you weren't forced to watch these videos where they taught you that if you rewound records, they played satanic messages? And you're like, no, that's insane. I would be like, oh, interesting. <laughs> like, those those were not <laughs> no, common experiences. No, y'all, no, y'all, we actually had this experience <laughs> where Mo was like, so in your history class, did you watch this documentary about how, like, rock and, rock and roll actually has, like, satanic, demonic uh, content in it? And it showed, like, if you could play certain things backwards and, like, kids were killing themselves or becoming yeah. school shooters because they were or listening sa- to... joining satanic cults, or which was, like, always the worst jo- thing I could Joining happen. satanic cults and sacrificing babies because they listened to ACDC's Black and yeah. Black, Black and Black album. And I was like, uh, I have, I mean, I heard of people thinking those things. Yes. But nah, mm-hmm. my guy, I went to public school. Yeah. What a, how great for you. <laughs> it's just, it's nuts, man. I mean, the things, whenever I start thinking through them, Samson's going to knock this shit over. We've got our, our giant poorly behaved golden retriever right next to our microphone you are you're a giant my giant poorly behaved. that is your dog that everyone yeah. in the family hates but you yeah i know <laughs> um <laughs> anyway uh, so i guess also you know we're inviting y'all the people who may or may not listen to this episode to kind of you know join us and if yeah. there's things that you find yourself unlearning or deconstructing or deprogramming from uh, let us know. We've actually been having a consciousness uh, raising circle that's been meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, we're about to actually have our second meeting soon, and you're more than welcome to join. There's a link in the bio of our Instagram page where you can put your information in, and yeah. we're getting together as, in small groups to just kind of talk through this and what it means. We're, we're reading through um, what white people can do next mm-hmm. um, from Allied Coalition by Emma DeBerry, and um, her work has been really helpful and challenging so much of what I was taught and then Mo subsequently was also indoctrinated and taught after Mo was captured by and politicized by um, the Black Lives Matter movement, movement for black lives, around, you know, white people, are they allowed to take up space? Are white people born inherently racist? Um, Which is, like, a fucking stupid thing that I would say, that, like, every white person is racist. Yeah by virtue of being white in the world. Mm-hmm. And that was wrong, y'all. Mm-hmm. It was. It was wrong. It was bad analysis. It was Horrible. so fucked up. 
But I really genuinely believed it because I was in these echo chambers. Yeah. Um, I literally, March, went to a convening where one of these people that is a part of this movement walked into the hotel room with me because she asked me for some medication. And I was getting some medication for a headache that she had or some pain that she had. And there were white people on the walls in these black and white photos in the Hilton. And she said to me, oh, I took those pictures down and turned them around because I didn't want white people staring at me like when I was in the shower or go- laying in bed. That's insane. And that's a normal fucking experience that I had at these kind of convenings. Mm-hmm. And then another experience that I had that kind of replicated in my life was like challenging the level of blackness that people had. It wasn't unusual for people to like ask me about my family sort mm-hmm. of like are are you a Rachel Dolezal are you real black or fake black like mm-hmm. if someone came up to me and was like what percentage of gay are you I would I'd be like stop him in the face what the fuck is your problem yeah. like I don't care because this is my lived experience I know who I am as a queer person but because um of the ways that I have been racialized and the ways in which white supremacy works um because I haven't had dark skin mm-hmm. Um, I've had certain kinds of experiences where I wasn't, I didn't, my social awareness of who I was as a black person didn't always feel secure. And so having these black people in this movement that I thought were like the, they not, not celebrities, but almost just kind of like heroes, completely infallible interrogating me on if I was really black or if I was really native or if I was really whatever ethnicity with this sort of like purity, like this litmus test. Yeah. And then <laughs> sitting in these circles and then being like, well, you're light skin, which is closer to white than it is black. So you shouldn't be able, you shouldn't <sighs> talk as much. You shouldn't be, have as much attention because you're taking up too much space. And so we sort of had this social pecking order. Mm-hmm. And it wouldn't matter that I was working poor. It wouldn't matter that I was a mom. It wouldn't matter that I had disabilities. It wouldn't matter, like, all the other layers of the things that make me me. It was just simply, like, you have lighter skin than this darkest person in the room, so you should be quiet and not take up space. Yeah. And and this is still happening in dozens and dozens of organizing spaces all across the country and the world. And it is a, like, proto, like, like pro, proto-fascist nightmare. Yeah, it's awful. And it's why those of us on the left can't get our shit together long enough to win because Anything. because it's like no well actually in addition to being a dark skinned person with a big body i'm also neurodivergent and you're neurotypical so you need to stop talk and you have to go through these really strange two out people on the outside world or people who are on the outside of this world that we've been in you have to go through these like matrices or yeah. like choose your own adventure or like mad libs of ID identity layers and labels before we're allowed to get anything done. Yeah. Meanwhile, the fucking fascists are like, uh, so while they're over there trying to fight on if Harry Styles is really queer or not, <laughs> um, let's take over the government. Yeah. And let's place secretaries of state in power in every state to overturn every election we don't want to go that way. And we're like, mm. <laughs> and we're like, please don't bring your wire hanger. <laughs> memorabilia to our like that's the thing that we were talking about yeah. whenever we we're trying to mobilize people for like get out you know on the streets for row sure was like no you can't be in your handmaid's costume no you can't bring your wire hanger no you can't mm-hmm. wear your pussy hat no and it's just like and it's like listen let's stop 
fighting ourselves and start fighting the systems that are literally killing us. Yeah. Like, it's a distraction. One it's, of the, one of the it's points that... maddening. One of the points that Emma DeBerry makes, which kind of just stopped me in my tracks for Did days. Did body you? Yeah. I was just like, wow. Wow. You know, like, when you hear something and you get mad at the person, you're like, hey, 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 hey. Fuck you, dude. Yeah. And then, like, you get through the fuck you shock phase, and then you get, like, a couple days later, you're like, wow. What a goddess. Like, yeah. what a fucking genius. I think I may have a little bit of experience with that, honey. Yeah. Being married to you. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, that happens on the regular. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet of you to say. Um, so she said, she said, what happens when, man, now I'm going to fuck it up because I hyped it up so much. Mm-hmm. But basically the gist is, Just, yeah, what happens if the things that we say that we're building have their origins in epistemic regimes of violence Mm -hmm. like what if what we're saying that we're building out as blackness and black power actually started as a result of white supremacy oh right exactly and so can you build black power black excellence black brilliance that exists outside of and we're talking about in the united states context exists outside of the social phenomenon of race right that is then used to control subjugate advance settler colonialism and empire right like can you bring a definition of black identity that doesn't emerge from clan talking points right or take on habits of i don't know like a paper brown paper bag test mm-hmm. where you're in Miami, Ooh. and because you have light skin, Ooh. you're not allowed to talk. That yep. seems like we are doing the same shit we say we're against, but we're doing it internally to each other. Kind of seems like it's set up to fail. Well, yeah, it's and I just implode. And so, you know, I th- that points me to what Lord says about Audrey. Yeah, our Lord and Savior. Audrey. Not, not the singer, Lord. Oh, no, definitely not her. <laughs> um, can we actually dismantle the master's house with the master's tools? Yeah. No, I mean, no. I don't think so. Which, you know, in Mo's case, and we've just been bouncing back and forth, so I hope y'all are hanging in this conversation. This is a long us. one, too. But in this case, the shame... Mm-hmm. And self-hatred that was a part of this original myth that you were given of, like, mm-hmm. you're innately bad and you need to punish yourself, blah, 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 because mm-hmm. God is not going to. Whenever you, as an adult, have been utilizing those tools internally, the shame and belief of, like, you not being a good person, mm-hmm. that's never, that's where our marriage and our relationship started having problems because sure. you were still trying to use that, like, authoritarian religious regimes tools to enact change for yourself right yeah i was like if i can control all of my inboxes all of the time and keep a running list of what i should and shouldn't do and what i should and shouldn't say to you then i'll be good enough and i'll be loved and it's like well that set me up to fail because that was sure that was the model i was given that's how i operated for the first 22 23 years of my life but doing that in real life outside of like that system it it caused so many deep issues with us. And it's anti-human. Like it, it is, is. It is. It legitimately causes 
I can't control that shit. That shit's just... An illness of your psyche known as mental illness, pathology, and then over a patterned, long-term exposure to those kind of thinking patterns and behavior patterns Mm -hmm. and external confirmation from your environment, it creates long-term disorders that become identity. Yeah, identity and personality disorders and all that shit, which I've talked about on the podcast already. Um, So it's just, yeah, it's like not... It's not good, and I'm tired of it. I'm just really fucking tired of it. And so, I'm gonna be spending, you know, the next forever of my life on, you know, you know, deconstructing because of how insidious it was. But you know, I would love for I would love to take folks on the journey with me. Um, and so, if yeah. you're interested in learning about my process with it, and you want to join me in it, or you've already you're ahead of me, and you want to impart some wisdom, like let's connect and yeah. figure out how to like heal from evangelicalism ex um, ex evangelicals is what they say (laughs) yeah and so the next couple of podcast episodes are going to be us doing deep dives in very specific Mm -hmm. things that we promoted with levels varying levels of intensity right uh, that need to be addressed that need to be um contradicted yeah and needs to have more discourse around rather than um accepting it with this sort of religious orthodoxy. And we hope that you will take, um, latch on to those things, Mm -hmm. be curious, explore. And if you see places where you need to do some corrective, um, work Mm -hmm. that, because everyone has influence, everyone has impact, um, some more than others, but Mm -hmm. we still all are at least impacting one other person, especially if we're parents, then you also make those corrective changes with us because anything okay same thing anything worth doing is worth doing together Together. yeah yeah so let's end the show by i'm gonna ask you what have you been what have you been reading what have i not been reading um i've been reading uncanceled by phil robertson i can't believe you're reading him duck dynasty because i want to know how the other side lives you can just ask me honey (laughs) no this is a different kind this is kind of like redneck evangelicalism your parents were like we're wealthy Wealthy and we live in subdivisions we would never be you know hunters and camouflage in the swamp yeah that's your mom i don't know why she turned to that voice (laughs) and what have Um, you been listening to uh what have oh well so that was one of like the seven books i'm reading right now but th- it's the one that you chose, so we're just going to go with that one. Great. Uh, another thing that I've been listening to is Healing Developmental Trauma. I'm doing a refresher. Is that like an audio thing? It was an audio book. Oh, okay. Oh, well, are you talking about podcast? Music? music? Uh, well, yesterday I cleaned the house listening to Renaissance. I listened By to Beyonce? I listened to it all the way through for the first time. And I like it. Yeah, it's a banger. Yeah, it's really good. I just feel conflicted. I know. I know, there's so yeah, many reasons I used to too. love her so much. You know, I'm just yeah. kind of like... Ambivalent? No, I'm not ambivalent. I'm very clear about how I feel about billionaires. Oh, yeah, that's true. They shouldn't exist. They shouldn't. Okay. I've been okay. reading um, Religion for Atheists. I can't remember who read it, but it's a book about how... Alan Day Botton. Oh, wow. Good job. Wow. It's because I closed my eyes and I could see his name on the book. Excellent. Yeah, I've been reading that, um, and it's basically what it says in the title, like what... Is there anything good to get from... Samson. I know. He's like, You're I'm, worse than the children. He's like, I'm a co-host on the show now. Uh, yeah, it's like, is there anything good to be gained from religion? And if if so, like, how has the secular, quote-unquote, world or the atheist world been missing out by not using some of those things? Hey, y'all. Um, 
quick side note, the secular world is not different than the real world. Yeah. It is the real world. Thank you. That was from our sponsors. <laughs> truth and reality. Tru- from our sponsors, truth and reason and philosophy. Yeah. And then what I've been listening to, that's so funny. Uh, things I've been listening to, um, like Coldplay when it was good. Like a rush of blood to the head, head album. I've been listening to a lot oh, of. Gosh, that was like my high school. Mm-hmm. I'm not the Nick, the new shit. I'm not. I bought to. I bought a guy named Aaron Brown who had a huge crush on the Yellow album yeah. the day it came out. I was yeah. stood in line at Walmart to get it for him. Yeah. He didn't know I had a crush on him. Nice. Which is so stupid. Yeah. Like, how do you not know that somebody who literally stands in line for you to get an album? And it was I and I gave it to him in math class, which was a class I hated. Hmm. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> We'll put some stuff in the show notes for all the resources we talked about. Um, anything you want to leave the good folks with? Yeah, I know. Any Bye. Bye, y'all. Bye.